0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. I'm your host, Diane Gibbs, and I am joined by my friend TJ Harley today. And he does everything. So there's everything from sports, design, logos, branding, web, publication, design, a ton of really range even in your branding. So I was super impressed, and I'm going to show some of the work as we talk. But give us a little bit of your background.
1: Uh, I I was born in New York, a little Uh, suburb outside New York City, uh, Pearl River, New York in Rockland County. I lived there for eight and a half years, Uh, moved to Ohio. My dad was in the tire business, so we moved to Akron, Ohio. And then uh, in the late, uh, mid-90s, they were uh, bought out by Michelin, so we moved to Greenville, South Carolina, finished up high school in South Carolina, went to Clemson. Uh, And then after graduating uh, moved to Atlanta. So um, as far as getting my start in uh, design, uh, I had a, an internship with a, a company in Greenville uh, during my uh, time at Clemson. And then um, after I finished that internship up, I, that, that's kind of what kicked it off, off for me and where I was kind of like, oh, this is something I want to do. Um,
0: Did you study back- design in school?
1: I I was a graphic communications major, which sounds like design, but isn't at all. It's more uh, printing, Mm. Uh, so the technical, uh, you know, printing side of it: offset, uh, flexography, uh, screen printing. Just learning um, all about that, which I I wasn't really crazy about, and they weren't really uh, uh, design oriented. It It was, you know, some design here and there just to get it printed, basically. Uh, so, um, when I finished my internship, went back to Clemson to finish up. Uh, I, I got a job at a a t-shirt shop there, just kind of working part time, uh, when I didn't have class. And, uh, that's where I really kind of got my chops and started learning how to use software and illustrator, Photoshop, that sort of stuff.
0: Did you draw a lot as a kid or in college or? Uh,
1: A little bit here and there. Uh, I was always drawing like football helmets and stuff like that. Um. Uh, and not necessarily sports logos, but I was always drawing. I, sh- I should have got. I still have my old book from when I was a kid with all the helmets in it. I should have brought it and, and showed you. But uh, uh, so that sort of stuff. Um, I was uh, when we play football, like in the winter time in Ohio. I was always like drawing the field on the on the on the grass and the snow and like drawing the helmet in the middle of the field and like writing in the end zone and stuff. And like my friends just wanted to play and I'm like, now nah, we got to get this field. We got to get
0: the field right. Right, right?
1: first. So just stay there. And then of course, five <laughs> minutes into it, we were, we would screw it up anyway. So, um, so I was, I was always interested in, in kind of sportsy stuff, but i never really thought it was a career, you know, like I'd never really even thought about it. Um, so when I started working at uh, this place called Tiger Town Graphics in Clemson. That's kind of when I really started uh, getting into it. And uh, we did a lot of, uh, th- there was a few things we did. We did uh, just custom t-shirt work for sororities, uh, fraternities, that sort of stuff, uh, local uh, clubs uh, in Clemson. And then we also did a lot of work for the athletic department. So got to work with with Clemson and, and doing some stuff for you know the soccer team and that sort of thing. So that's sort of where where I really got into the sports design and started, you know, noticing uh, others work like Joe Bosak, who I think is is here. He's
0: here. Yeah.
1: Hey Joe, what's up, man?
0: (laughs) So Um, you're doing this work at a t-shirt shop in a college mm -hmm. town. That mm -hmm. doesn't really seem like breaking into the industry because, but it gets your, you get your chops, you get your, you started understanding what the programs were and maybe learning a little bit more about, the psychology about design maybe a little bit right a little and, bit and yeah, then, it, it was, and then after with
1: customers too there because you're almost face-to-face with them they'd come in and, and want you know a shirt designed and then you'd show it to them and you get an immediate face-to-face reaction like "Oh, this sucks or oh i really like this or you know so that that was a learning experience in and of itself um but so, so while I was there, a lot of the stuff we were doing for Clemson had to be approved by this company called the Collegiate Licensing Company. So everything mm-hmm. that had a tiger paw on it, we had to send to them to get approved. Um, Tigertown was a, a Clemson licensee. So, you know, basically the way CLC worked is they take uh, the school gets a royalty from from these companies using their marks. And then CLC would take a portion of that for running the program. So all our work would be sent to them. Uh, and so when I was getting ready to graduate looking for jobs, I applied to, uh, CLC just to, I was sending resumes everywhere to MLB. I didn't have much of a portfolio at that point. Maybe it was just t t-shirt design, some sports stuff.
0: But maybe had they seen your name? And so, uh, you know, you're doing this thing with me, uh, about this book about portfolios that my friend Ben is writing. And so a lot of what you wrote, which you guys will have to get the book, it's great, um, and TJ's part is amazing. So it it had about uh, that it was people, you know, and it's the mm-hmm. network of people and you haven't ever really had to do a ton of marketing because it's right. word of mouth. <clears throat> so do you think that that helped get that position because they already knew and they knew what you were doing because of the work or was that stuff not coming from you?
1: They, from they really, I, I mean, I, I hadn't really done a whole lot at that point other than what I had done uh, at Tiger Tigertown. Uh, the, the only project that I had worked on at that point was, I'd won a logo contest for to design the ACC's 50th anniversary, and it was open to only um, students at ACC schools mm. could enter. I entered on the very last day. I found out about it, and I whipped something up and ended up winning. So, I think they f- might have known about that, but I don't. I don't know. That might have, you know, if there were two candidates and maybe that sort of put me over the top. I don't, I have no idea, but I don't think they know had known my work at all. Um, so, but long story short, I ended up uh, getting the job there and working in Atlanta uh, and for the next 11 years. And, and you
0: uh, started out as what title? Cause you ended out as creat- creative, director. So right. really I, able
1: to work your way up. Right. My, f- uh, my first title was, I think it was design and creative services coordinator. So, and they weren't really doing it. It was when I first got there; they were they were really just doing retail signage, uh, some direct mail type pieces. There was no sh- social media back then. This was early two thousand two, so there was no Facebook, there was no Twitter, so there was nothing like that. Everything was was print based, pretty much. Um, so, just doing that sort of thing, and then we kind of got into logo design because I, I remember even asking at the interview, I was like, "Do you guys?" Uh, do logo design at all, and they're like, not really. We've done it here and there. I'm like, well, you know, this is a perfect opportunity to do that because you know we're working with licensing directors every day. So, um, so we started doing some small projects and then um, moving into some bigger ones. And then, you know, by the time I'd been there, you know, five six years, we really started to make that a a cornerstone of that department. Not really the company as a whole. It was still a very very small percentage of income but we were actually charging uh for the work good so it was actually an added value to to some of these schools so
0: that's great so something else you brought to the table and again that's something that sets you apart from somebody else in an interview is if you're coming Mm -hmm. up with new ways to make the company money they always usually like that
1: sure they didn't Um, know at the time when they hired me but
0: right but you would turn out to be really important. That that's would right. be something else that they do. So I think that's good. So a lot of your clients are sports related. I want to share my screen and show okay. some of your work real quick. Um, and most of this, or all of this would be since you have have been on your own, right?
1: Most of it. Some of the, there might be two or three uh, in the sports branding uh, section that came from uh, my work at CLC.
0: Okay. So, uh, But it's really this range. You have the uh, some things that are college kind of connected. You have a lot of things like that, um, the Naismith, the Fermata, mm-hmm. the, that. But then you also have the Giving Kitchen, the um, one that I love with the tree that I can't think of what it is right this minute. Ventanas. Yes. Okay, so I'm just going to click on this one to just kind of okay. show people, again, the range of things uh-huh. that you're doing. So w- there was a video here. Mm-hmm. Did you do all that? shooting and editing yes see people he does everything all right so then but you're doing um books it looks like like an annual report or some sort of promotional sort
1: of like a uh yeah like a brand uh not not really style guide but more like a here's our brand in a nutshell
0: okay and then you're still doing some logos as well right like
1: that campus is sort of their internal like licensee portal that their licensees can go to and get all their information and report royalties, that that kind of stuff.
0: But then you're also doing posters. You're doing it looks like a little product kind of giveaways, That's, and then yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's like a kind of little hang, their hang tag for um, collegiate product. Yep.
0: And then also doing um, websites. Yep. And this is all you, you, and you, and you. That's all me. Okay, so <laughs> uh, which is pretty impressive. Especially um, especially since maybe you didn't have that stuff in graphic, whatever commute, whatever you called the your major. Communications,
1: no, definitely not.
0: Right. So, so it also says something. So the reason I called this, um, flexible, I can't even remember what I called this episode, something mm-hmm. about flexibility, um,
1: flexible and focus. focus. that's right. right. Right.
0: Yeah. I got it. It's in front of me. You're right. I should look at the piece of paper. But that was one of the things that really impressed me. One, that you could do all these things, but you're also, we are always learning, right? Right. This is a big thing. Again, I'm a huge football fan, so I love, um, and I am a SEC girl. I think the best conference, but whatever, we can talk about that in another time. But you have done a ton of things for the SEC. You've done a ton of things for basketball. You've done a ton of things uh, for baseball. And as we'll see, just kind of, but you're doing a ton of different, Um, peripheries, a collateral that goes with not just the, you know, the Hall of Fame, but the Mm -hmm. National Signing Day. Do you want to talk anything about, like, what's been some of your favorites?
1: Uh, It's sort of – so that Breaking Barriers one right there I did with with Fraser. Fraser actually illustrated that that player right there.
0: That's what I thought because it totally looks like him.
1: Yep. They they needed something for – this was for their black history month uh exhibit that they had and he had um he had posted some work that was similar aesthetic to that that player and i was like this would just be the perfect fit for for what they need so i emailed him and he's like yeah and he of course banged it out in 20 minutes and you know called it a day did
0: did you know him before you did this
1: yeah i've known fraser for yeah a few years
0: okay so how did you meet the people that like Joe and Fraser and anybody else like at conferences or how? Uh,
1: I met Joe, uh, I met Joe over the phone a number of years ago when I was at CLC. Um, I, I don't remember what we had talked about, but he had some questions about some things and we kind of kept in touch. And then um, we started working on this, the NCAA rebrand together Um that he that was his gig, and he kind of hired out uh, four other guys: me, uh, Fraser, uh, Sky, Dylan, and Todd Radom.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, we all we all worked on uh, the NCA rebrand, Final Four rebrand. That's none of that stuff is on my site because it's sort of Joe's baby. Sure, but, um, it was sort of a collaborative effort. That's how I got. That's what when I actually met those guys for the first time uh, in person. And, and then, then um they they came to Creative South one year and we all did a uh
0: panel a, a
1: panel. Yep. And uh we've just been really good friends ever since. That's awesome. And I, I, I mean Fraser and I probably text each other and Joe too, you know, a couple times a week. So
0: and then uh, so recently there was a conference that was sports, you have to be part of a sports uh team or brand that was in yeah. Chicago and you went mm-hmm. and saw um you went up there, right? Yeah, I,
1: I went up just for one night. Um, I heard Fraser was coming in town at the last minute, so I I went on and looked to see if I could get a, a flight, and I was like, this is probably going to be like $1,000. And I went on, and it was like dirt cheap. I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to go up there for a night and hang out with these guys. Right. Uh, I already had plans the rest of the weekend, so I could only stay uh, one night. So, uh, you know, any, any opportunity I can to hang out with those guys, i I, I do it. So hopefully they'll be down to creative South again sometime.
0: I hope so. All right. So um, is there, but you do have some other work and I didn't get there, but we can, I can share the screen again in a minute about um, some of the other work that you've done. The team HIDI, I guess HIDI Heidi. Yeah. Oh, Heidi. Of course. Yep. Even, yeah. I'm going to butcher everybody's name. Um. But so you've gotten, you get in, you've, you started in the collegiate licensing kind of place mm-hmm. and then you've continued to be a part of a lot of different places. And one thing I think is pretty interesting about you is that you have been able to kind of get in and you become this kind of one designer that they need uh, right. for a, a big, bigger brand. You're doing a lot of things for this company. It's kind of like a one-stop shop sure. with you. Talk a little bit about that and how do you go about doing that? And one one of the things you and I talked about before was doing some retainer work. And I was like, well, right. how do you start that conversation? So right. kind of take us through one, like a step by step. So you get it, somebody says, hey, can you do this logo for us or right. something?
1: It's, it sort of depends. And I never really um, intended this to be sort of the business model for, for what I'm doing, but I kind of just fell into it. I mean, when I first started, my company, I wanted to just do branding, you know, go to rebrand schools and conferences and that sort of thing. And then the more I, more I got into it, the more I realized that that was going to be way more of a hustle. Hmm. And I was, I had already had, I think one or two companies that I was on retainer with just doing, you know, coming from an in-house background at my old job where that's all I was doing anyway. It was all these different projects for all these different schools. I was like, I can sort of take that model and and sort of shift it where I'm working with other companies at the same time, which also the variety I love. So I'm not now doing college sports all the time. I'm getting to touch, you know, some different types of businesses, whether it's restaurants or whatever. So as far as approaching them, it, it, it's sort of each situation is sort of unique. Um, there has been situations the hall of fame for example um so the hall of fame i just started it was a guy guy who i used to work with who was a ended up going to be a vice president there he said we need a logo for the hall of fame i was like i'll i'll do it (laughs) so uh finished the logo project and then um after that there were some other uh projects around that sort of like building a style guide and some other things around they were still building the building at the, at that time. So it still wasn't open. Uh, and then it sort of went into, well, we need this, this, and this. And they actually came to me with the retainer idea on that one where they said, you know, what if we paid you X amount each month and you just do whatever we need? I was like, I'm already doing that for two other people. So why not? Um, and so I've gotten, there's probably, I think I have seven or eight of those now, but each one's different, you know? Like there's uh, some I go right into it without having done anything and somebody else I've worked with already. And and I go, this is what I'm doing for these other companies. This is what I can do for you. And it's sort of worked out.
0: So it seems like one of your strengths is being able to juggle and a, a lot of different things for a lot of different people. Right. But one thing I think that comes in, especially, and anything as a designer, as an outsider coming in, you really do. They feel like you're part of their team. They feel sure. like so That's a really, a uh, really good way for a freelancer to make it, right? Mm-hmm. And you've been on your own how long?
1: Uh, it will be five years in November. So, so almost, almost did, five years.
0: Did you go cold turkey, or did you kind of ease out?
1: Uh, and what like cold turkey from my old job? Yeah, from your old job. Yeah. I pretty much...
0: Because you couldn't really do freelance while you were at no, that job.
1: No, I, and I did um, sort of a transition, but like when I left, I still did a couple projects for them, just just a couple little things, and then I just stopped working with them completely. Um, but yeah, I, I you know picked a date and I said, this is going to be it, and that was it. And I had already had some things lined up at that point, not not to any extent that I have now. But uh, I had some things going. It was, you know, risky as as it always is. But I mean, I think the scariest part is—I always refer to it as uh, an, an analogy where it's jumping out of a plane. Where it's like the scariest part is actually getting to the edge of the plane and jumping out. But when mm-hmm. sh- the chute is open, it's not as scary, you know. Yeah,
0: but it so actually doesn't
1: that initial leap.
0: Right. Well, it's the actual making it. I have skydives, right. so it doesn't feel right. like you're falling. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's just a mental thing, I think. And I think yeah. going out on your own cold turkey is right. a mental thing as well.
1: And it's, and it's not for, I'm not here to say, Hey, you should just, I'm not one of those people that's like, Hey, you should just quit your job tomorrow and and, <laughs> and tell your boss to, you know, F off. Like it, it takes a lot of planning to do that. I mean, I, it took me a year after I decided that I wanted to leave to actually do it. To are sort of my ducks in a row and,
0: but that seems like a strength to you, to me, about you is your ability to plan and predict maybe what's and not overwhelm because you're doing something for basketball and right. maybe Little League and something with football, but they don't all come at the same time.
1: Right. It's, well, I I appreciate the compliment. I, I don't think I'm as good a planner as you probably think I am, but.
0: Well, you meet uh, your that, deadlines, don't you?
1: Yeah, I do. I do. Some of that, some of that isn't necessarily planned, but maybe, <laughs> maybe it looks a little better than it than it really is. But some sometimes it's, it's chaotic, but um, you know, you, you just, you find a way to make it work. You know, like I, like I was telling you earlier, I was on vacation the last four or five days and like I, Monday and Tuesday, I was working most of the day just cause I had stuff that had to be done. And that's the only downside to being by yourself is because there's nobody else to do the work.
0: I know when I was in Italy, I was working every yeah. night, working for a client. So you know, yes.
1: And you know, it- you try and say, I'm on vacation. I'm going to just completely cut myself off, but you can't do that.
0: No. Cause Nobody you want something done. Right. There's
1: somebody out there that can, can just take the reins and, and do it. You know, so right? it, so this, what, if I, if they, I want them to keep employing me. Right. Then you got to do it. That's, that's the rub.
0: It's a relationship. Right. And so yeah. when you start saying no to them, there can be, so how do you, set some boundaries or how do you, um, cause really with a retainer, they're paying you a monthly fee and it's whatever, or do you have more parameters in that? Here's what I'm going to do for you in yeah. this time.
1: I don't, I don't, I think there's, we kind of go into it with an expectation. I don't, I don't think any of them might say I'm going to do this amount of work for you every month and this is what it's going to cost. It's just kind of assumed and, I sort of take it in six month, uh, doses where if we get to past the six month period, it's like, you know, I'm really working hard here. Like we're going to have to figure something else out. And a lot of times they're responsive to that. And then there's other times where I've had clients where I'm like, I'm not really doing a whole lot of work for you. So do you want to keep doing this? Cause I don't want to just keep taking money from you if you're, if this isn't going to work.
0: Right. But so that's also trust.
1: Sure. It's a balancing act really, you know?
0: Um, so, so what do you think out of what you've worked on? What's been one of your favorites? I know I kind of asked you that and you said it's really hard to say, but can yeah. you, Yeah.
1: I mean, the, I'd say the final four stuff that I got to do with Joe and, and Fraser was, was just a blast and we're, we're still sort of working on it. I mean, we've been doing it for the last few years. Um, because but just-
0: why? Because it was them and you got to work with these other cool people or.
1: All, all of the above. I mean, just they're they've become become some of my really good friends, but I mean, mm-hmm. the project is awesome too, you know, to go to the final four and just see, you know, a year's worth of work up around this city, whatever the city is, is, is cool. Yeah. You know? And and one of the nice things that Joe does, we all, he takes us all to the the final four each year. That's nice. Which is, which is cool. So we all rent a house and hang out together and, Go to the games.
0: So. That's a good, good, um, a good way to uh, tee it off or whatever. Yeah. I don't know what you call it in basketball. Tip. Tip off. Tip off. I don't like basketball. Anyway, my sister went to Duke, so she likes basketball enough for everybody. All right, so. I think you've worked on some really significant, the stuff with the final four, the Georgia dome, maybe it's just cause I grew up in Atlanta. Um, mm-hmm. But there's, you know, the sec stuff, you've done a lot of stuff. And then the world little league world series. Um, is there a client that is, when we were talking about retainer, mm-hmm. are those clients that are those big things, do they come back year after year? Or are a lot of those kind of, one-off things or they have people are you working with people in a marketing department are you working with other designers in-house
1: uh i mean again it all depends um so the the final four stuff is all just sort of one-off each year um that's joe's thing he's nice enough to hire us each year um the but then i do a lot of one-off like most of the logo projects like you see georgia dome little league world series that's like a usually a one-off every year here's the fee for this project and you know, but then there's some that carry over to retainer work, but there's some that are also just, um, just one off. So like for instance, the Georgia dome uh, I just did some work for the citrus bowl uh, not too long ago. Um, so those sorts of things are, are, are fun because I love doing that kind of work and I don't do a ton of it in the retainer stuff that I'm doing. So it's always nice to get back to that every once in a while. Cause it, when you don't work on it for a while that that sort of stuff just kind of flows out of you, you know, right. Sort of effortlessly.
0: Well, maybe that's one of the benefits of doing so many things is that it comes easier when you have to go back sure. to something cause you're not always sure. doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. All right. So I just flipped, just trying to show some people, some things. So you mostly <clears> work <throat> alone, which I think is amazing. So ha- you must be good at planning your time if you're doing a web project and a, a yeah. publication. So planning really must be a strength. You just must not think of it that way because I know it takes a lot of time to do that and you still eat and you sleep and you have a kid yeah. and a wife, you know, mm-hmm. so um, you really can do a lot of the things that your company needs to do. So, setting up retainers starting conversations so if somebody comes to you and they don't have that idea of the retainer how do you start that conversation or have you had to start that conversation
1: uh I, i've started a few of them It again it all just sort of depends on what their needs are some of them don't don't need it but what you know the more you talk to them you kind of find out what they need if you know they're going to need ongoing ongoing work i always pose that first. I don't really like to do ongoing work on a project basis. Just it's easier for everybody involved, if it's just like a monthly monthly fee and I just do the work for you rather than going, well I spent this much time on this so I'm gonna charge right. you there then it's nobody wants to deal with that. You know? So it's just it's just easier for both parties in my opinion. Cause I mean for me I'd rather just be getting a steady check every month. Right. On my side. And on their side it's like I don't have to worry about how much time you spending or like how much more work we can do it's it's just like this is what we need
0: right right you know so when do you reevaluate or evaluate um cuz you're saying it's different with every client so i sure. think about people who maybe aren't in necessarily sports but people have different clients that have different busy times right mm-hmm. so knowing how many you can take on is one right. thing. And it's also about growth, right? Mm-hmm. If you're able to grow, cause you only have so many, so much time in the day, but how do you reevaluate? So somebody like you were saying, um, at that, because I, I think it's a big trust thing when you come to someone and you say, Hey, you know, you haven't really been working to, using me very much. You're paying me. I feel like right. maybe we need to go to a project basis instead of retainer basis. Sure. Sure. Or, Or so is it, is it a six month thing or what if you're, they're like, and I think your mom's here, Anita. Uh,
1: Yep. That's my mom. Hi mom. My mom mom is responsible for everything by the way.
0: So she was the reason you're a good planner.
1: Uh, no, she'll be the first to tell you I'm not a good planner. (laughs) She's probably like laughing at everything I'm saying, go, that's not true. (laughs) And she'll put it on Facebook and whatever.
0: Well, so. So um, scope of the project. So to me, this is a thing that a lot of freelancers have It's that it's starting that retainer conversation. Right. And I know I'm not trying to just beat the beat a dead horse about this, right. but this is something I have a problem with and I would love to be able to do this. And it's like, I do have clients that use me all year round and there are busy times, but mm-hmm. it's like, I'm doing updates on their website. I'm doing, but then, you know, I've worked with a company for 10 years and I've never asked them to do retainer. Right. I think I probably need to ask them to do retainer. Yeah. So, but now it's kind of awkward. It's like, oh, you know, are we going to get married? Kind of like we've been dating for 10 years. Sort sort of.
1: I mean, I think, I think in, in a case like that, it's just a, just an alternative approach to what you're doing. It's not necessarily like, oh, you owe me more money now. It's just like, let's just look at this a little bit differently and see how it can work for both of us. Okay. But as to, far as, as uh, to answer your question from before, um, as far as evaluating, I mean, there's I have some clients where we do, they, they want to evaluate it every six months or every year. And then there's some, we just keep going. And if it gets to a point where, I'm, I've gotten pretty good at, at sort of evaluating what, what the needs are and what, what the price is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, once I had about four or five, I could, once I started taking on new clients, I would go, you know, talk to them and go, well, this sort of sounds like, what I'm doing for these guys. So let's start there. And then six, usually when we start, I'll say six months. So like, and then six months, if, if we're good, then we'll just keep going. And then we'll, we'll figure it out, you know? So, but, but the more clients I take on, the easier it gets to sort of do that. Cause like I said, I can, I can sort of look to other examples.
0: And we talked about this on our test. A lot of these companies that you're doing this retainer work or, even the one-off projects are really established. These aren't a lot of startups, but Mm -hmm. sometimes with restaurants or something like that, it can be more startups. Are most of the companies that you work with, are they really established companies?
1: Pretty much. I mean, I'd say the Hall of Fame wasn't really established when I started working with them. I mean, they were, it's called the College of Hall of Fame, so people think it's big, but I mean, there was a point where they had just opened and they were sort of, you know, getting their legs under them too. So, but you just, you you try and work with them, you know, it's, it's like, what do you guys need and how can I help you guys sort of get to the point you want to get to? Um, Another, Fermata Partners was also sort of, I guess you could call a startup too. They were, they were uh, four guys from my old company who also left and started their own uh, licensing company and have now um, started representing some of the schools that, that my old company represented. Um, so what was nice about them is they, they've been working with me for 11 years, so they kind of knew how I worked, how I worked and they knew that, uh, that I was going to be a good option for them. I was doing what they needed as well. They they were actually a good example of a, a startup because they were just sort of getting, getting going too.
0: But that's again, another one of your strengths is being flexible is that you could do what they ask and nothing right. was ever too big. Right. And if you didn't know how to do it, you knew other people that could help you. Sure. sure. Right. And mm-hmm because you were doing a lot on your own, but you also weren't afraid to take on a project just because it was something new.
1: Right. There's, there's been projects where I'm like, I don't think I've done some video work. So like that video that we sort of glanced over before it was a very short sort of two minute piece. I mean, I've done a few things like that, but then I've also been asked about, you know, much longer, more elaborate video pieces. And I'm I'm just saying this not a good fit for me. Right. You know, where I could do it, yeah, but I'm going to be, like, racking my brain, like, trying to figure out, how to, and it's not manageable. Right. So there are some things i say no to. Um, but, I, I mean, if there's something I think I can do, I try it. And, I, and I let, I'm very upfront with them. I'm like, this isn't my, in my wheelhouse, but I'll certainly do my best,
0: you know? Right, right. All right. So one of the things, it sounds like you have to deal with a lot of other people and it's not like you're just dealing with one person. You're dealing with a department or you're dealing with a committee Mm. and designed by committee can be like death. Yeah. Okay. So tell us how you maneuver (coughs) this and how you are strategic because you're a one person going into a committee. Right. And it's hard. Yeah. I
1: mean, again, it's, it's, I keep coming back. It it all depends on the situation. Um, I have, since a lot of what I do is very time sensitive where it's like, we need this in two days. There's not a whole lot of time for a committee to get involved in some of the decisions. It's like, good, here's a couple text edits to this and go, you know? So luckily a lot of the work I do is under a pretty strict deadline. So there's not a whole lot of time to, for a lot of people to get involved. Then there are others that I've been working on. Uh, I'm working on one right now that's sort of designed by committee. That's been a a bit difficult, but we're almost there. And that's a good example of um, a project I started out just doing um, a logo for and which is going, which has already led to um, some retainer work. And so normally if this was just a one-off situation, I probably would have gotten out.
0: (laughs) Because it was too hard to deal with all the people, different people uh, on the committee.
1: It just, it just just got, it's just taking a long time and it's not typically how I like to work, but um, I knew that there was going to be other work down. So it was kind of just trying to
0: get over the the first bump and just go.
1: It's, it's going to be okay. Let's just keep moving.
0: Okay. So, what would you tell somebody? So do you, are you just really pleasant? Do you just, or do you ever lay it down and be like, Hey, we need to make a decision. Uh, I'm
1: I'm very upfront with people when it sort of comes to that. Cause I, I always say I have their best intentions in mind. I'm not just trying to cause a scene here. You know, we're all in this together. So, you know what I mean? Like, let's, let's get it done. You know, cause I, I think some, sometimes people that aren't really in the design world try and not necessarily put their stamp on it, but just get involved in ways that they don't like you're hiring me to, to provide a service for you. So let me do it. Right. Like I'm supposed to be the expert in the room. So why not let me do that for you? You're paying me to do that.
0: Do you, have you ever said that?
1: Uh, yeah, I probably have. I probably in a
0: nicer way,
1: less direct way than that. Sure.
0: But one of the other things that I loved um, in your thing that you wrote for Ben that I had to crunch down, and I think I'm just using three words, but uh, I asked you your three um, personal skill skill set, skill sets. Not like, oh, I can draw football. Right, really right. good. But what were those three things that made you stand out or, or made people connect with you? And I don't know if you remember what you wrote.
1: I don't remember what I wrote. Okay,
0: I think one was being dependable. One was listening. And then one was flexibility, and so the listening aspect, I think, if you are just like strong arm them and say, "I'm an expert, they you don't have the same relationship uh, that you've i think that you have been building, and I right. think that but you really talked about in your answer was about it's not just listening, it's listening to them, but it's also hearing what maybe they're not saying, and yeah, there's a lot of things that go into. Just the conversations that you have.
1: Sure. Well, like I said, you're if if you're being paid for to provide a service, then you should speak up when it when it's necessary. It's not you're not just being paid to like be the yes man and just do whatever we ask of you at a certain point. I mean, you are, but you aren't. Right. You know. So sometimes it's just like when you know we're button heads. It's like let's just somebody decide and let's let's get on with it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm there with one of my clients right now. So, any tips for us with design by committee? Do you start off the committee saying, "Hey, here's how it will work best." Do you kind of give parameters or do you just kind of let it flow as a natural progression and every committee's going to be different?
1: Well, every committee is go- is going to be different. I I would I would recommend sort of depending on how many people there are, kind of find some allies in there where you mm. can somebody kind of guess what you're doing and sort of press them rather than worrying about people that aren't getting what you're doing. Right. Cause they can have a way of influencing other people better than you maybe.
0: Right. You know, well, so that's about reading people, right. In sure. the room. Sure. How do you, how would you tell somebody this kind of analyzing and it wasn't on the sheet of paper. So how do you do that? How How do you, how do you go into the room and pick who's going to be your allies? Or do you, do you already know from the get go?
1: Uh, I mean, I think you just got to, got to read people and, and find people that sort of understand what your point of view is,
0: but it's watching body language, their facial sure. expressions. It's seeing sure. who's engaged and who's sure. not and how
1: people who, people who ask the right questions a lot of times, you know, um, I mean, it can be a number of things. Sometimes it's just gut,
0: right, right. you know, but I guess that's what I mean. So I am pretty good at reading people. I think, um, I've had a lot of success in that, and I so it's about you analyzing it to help other people who aren't as good at this because I think there's some people who are like, "Oh, I didn't get that." And there's um, it's, I, anyway, I don't know if you've ever yeah. thought about how you read, like, maybe it was even even as a kid you were like no we're going to get this field drawn right <laughs> right and you Possibly. knew who you knew who was going to be your ally and going to help not the other kids gang up right. on you you right. know
1: right right right
0: i i think it is a something that starts way early right yeah, yeah. but i think it's
1: it's sometimes a committee sometimes Whoever's in charge is going to get their way. And that's just the way it's going to be sometimes, you know, and sometimes you just got to suck it up and swallow your pride and go, that's fine, man. It's just,
0: <laughs> you just won't put it on your website.
1: Well, it depends. So to be honest with you, sometimes those decisions end up making, making it better. Whether you think they do or not. I've ha- I've had a few situations where I didn't agree with some of the feedback and then when we ended up going back and and, and doing it their way that it was, there was some improvement. So not always, but sometimes.
0: All right. So Brian Yan had a question. Do you think you get more work through that mentality of monthly versus per project?
1: I I don't know if it's, it's a, a, a tool to like recruit business necessarily. You know what I mean? Like, I just think it's easy when somebody wants to hire me for a project, and they have a number of different things. I always just present it that way, just to go. because so, sometimes they don't even think about it; they don't even realize that like a designer could be sort of a a monthly fee kind of mm-hmm. setup. So they're not even thinking about it that way. To where you go, hey, what if we just tried it this way? And a lot of times they'll go, "Oh, I didn't really think about that. That's cool. Maybe we'll try that." So I, I've had a, a, a few different people react that way where it's like oh, i didn't i didn't really think about that
0: right yeah i think that makes a lot of sense too that's what brian also says all right so how do you get your name out there um i know that the licensing or whatever it's the ci whatever it is
1: C, cl my old company C, yeah. CLC, yeah they're now CLC. Called, they're now called img College.
0: img it's all these acronyms i knew it was something yeah. so img they've given your name to other people or when as you've met people, they've right. So it's this kind of network. So you said you don't do any marketing on your own. So how have you gotten your name out there?
1: I mean, it's 90% of my business is word of mouth.
0: So people are happy with what you're doing. They talk to somebody else and say, well, maybe TJ can do that for you.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, you know, the sports industry is also full of people who just move around from job. A lot of people just move around from job to job. And, you know, if you do a really great job for them one time, they're going to remember that when they need it next time.
0: Right.
1: Um, like uh, most of the work I get is from people who are either one or two degrees away from my old company. So, hmm. for instance, like I said, the Hall of Fame came from a guy who used to be there. He was, became the vice president there and... The rest is history. Right. Um, a lot of the work I'm doing with the Atlanta sports council is through uh, a girl who used to be at IMG. Uh, the work with the giving kitchen is through a girl who used to be at the, at IMG. Uh, God, I mean, I could probably make the argument that every company I work with is in some form or fashion, a, a result from working with somebody there.
0: So that's you being in house and making a really good impression with each of those in-house employees, those, co-workers mm-hmm. and they see how you handle clients. They also see how you handle everybody. And so and there's just
1: workload too. I mean, it's just like I was one of the things I think a lot of people knew me for there is I could do things really fast, like really quickly. And that's probably why a lot, I, whether I planned it this way or not, like I was saying, a lot of the work I do is very quick turnaround. Right. And I didn't go out there going, Hey, I can do a lot of stuff really fast. It's just, happen sort of naturally
0: well and you said right before we went live you were like i do good under deadline Mm -hmm. right
1: i've always been decent under pressure when it's you know crunch time
0: all right so changing up a little bit um what's the hardest thing about running your own firm and because you have to wear so many hats and which one do you like the least which thing that you have to do and which one do you like the most
1: uh i'd say the biggest challenge is like I was saying before, just the inability to sort of take a vacation, a proper vacation, you know? I mean, I, I couldn't, I could not leave for a week and like just not, and just completely cut myself off. There's, I don't see any way that would be possible unless I hired somebody. I wonder
0: it's just,
1: if,
0: so does Joe do that? I mean, does, does anybody, you know, do that?
1: I don't know because I don't, uh, Joe's here. He could probably tell you, but Joe's more of like a project based type of business where he, he has, you know, he can set up, he can know that, okay, I have this coming up and this coming up and I can take a vacation here. Whereas me, it's just, it's constant. Like it doesn't stop. Right. It doesn't stop. I, I, what I try and do is I'll let people know, like, listen, in two weeks, I'm going to the beach for a week. So if you need something between this time Ask for it now, right? But that doesn't. That's great, but it's never worked perfectly, right? Like I've always had somebody. I know you're on vacation, but we really need this. It's like okay, I'll do it. But I don't. I don't mind. Like,
0: does your wife mind? Because it uh, seems like like my husband would. He minds. Like it's seven o'clock, and he's like, "You need to get off the computer."
1: Yeah, she she was ready to go down to the beach the other day and i was, I was like it's only going to be another few minutes And I just kept going i'm like just go and i'll meet you down there it was just one of those things like everything was taking longer for some reason
0: but um yeah, so what's it go ahead
1: no I was, I was just finishing up those those are the breaks you know like
0: so it's joe says scheduling's harder when you're on retainer basis there's an expectation with arrangements with such arrangement that doesn't exist in project work. So I think, so what would be the best part of having your own business? So after almost four years of doing this, what has been the best thing? Almost Uh, five years.
1: I mean, just, it's funny. I just talked about how I don't get time away, but it's, you also have this sort of time of the day where you're, you could do whatever you want. I could do whatever I want during the day. If I'm not working, then work's not getting done, obviously. But, but, t- I don't, but I'm not working for a boss who's going, hey, the clients are the boss. So right. if, I, if I choose to sit and play my guitar for two hours in the afternoon, that's my choice. And I can do that if I want. But then there's going to be some sort of consequence for that later on. But I like the, the ability to know that I don't have to be anywhere at a certain time. Right. If I want to go take a two-hour lunch somewhere, I'll go do that. I, I, but I know that this other stuff is going around, and that's, you know, but I'm going to be paying for it later.
0: That's where you're a good planner, because you still get everything done. I
1: guess. I, I guess you could look at it as a form of planning. I, I certainly don't look at it as a form of planning. <laughs> it's mostly procrastinating. I. Call but it,
0: but you said you work better under pressure, so yeah, I do. That's what may...
1: procrastination is, though, right? All right. <laughs>
0: Tell us what a typical day is like. So this might be one of the benefits of working for yourself. Cause you, right. you might take your son to school and then yeah,
1: I usually drop him off in the morning. There's a, uh, like a coffee shop around the corner that I usually go and work at in the morning. Um,
0: as a barista, no, I'm just kidding.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I can probably get to both be on the clock and like take a little break and, um, but I, I usually sit there in the, in the morning. Um, Sometimes I'll, I'll have a meeting downtown and I'll I'll go do that and and then I'll get lunch with somebody and I like having lunch. It's fun. That's that's probably the highlight of my day when I just go, let's go eat lunch and hang out so,
0: for an hour. To like, do you schedule like I'm going to do more creative work in the morning or this is where, again, I would think um, as you're saying you're not a planner or do you do emails or what are you getting done first when you're uh, at the coffee
1: usually shop? Usually the morning is taking, taking care of emails and just some – stuff that maybe I didn't get to the night before that's or the day before. Um some quick things getting those out of the way. Um and sometimes the afternoon is, is more like hunker down on something I gotta get done. Um just depends though. You know it sometimes it, it all comes down to what I feel like doing that day. Like I don't I know this publication thing has to be done, but I don't feel like doing publication today, so I'm not gonna do that.
0: So so when you're, when you are under pressure and then you have to do the publication or whatever it is. Right. Do you, the afternoon is usually kind of like after lunch, you feel like you're the most ready to go in that
1: uh, way. Sometimes depends if I go to lunch or not. Right. When All I right. go to lunch, I'm not as, as, uh, as uh, hunkered down as I should be, but uh, it just depends. I mean, I'm a pretty laid back person as you probably noticed. So, All
0: right, so tell
1: <laughs> as long as the work gets done, like whatever, you know?
0: Right. Well, tell us about the little league world series. Cause that's, this is how kind of your projects work. Oh, you kind yeah. of are in a, it's about to ramp up or it's been ramping up or the little league world series is starting now. So mm-hmm. when were you working on it?
1: That, that one for this year was probably done a year ago. Uh, I've already done the one for next year which I don't know when they're going to release that, but that's already finished. Um, so th- that one's done pretty, pretty early, pretty early on. Um, so that was, but that's project based. And that came from uh, the company for that I work with. Uh, Little league is one of their licensing clients. So they were, oh. they referred me, I get some referrals from them too. A lot of times. Um, so that, that came in. I've been doing that for, this will be next year, will be the third year that I've been working with this little league. So
0: cool. So, is it, is it different? Do you like the people? Do you like working doing something that's more youth related?
1: Yeah, that one was one that I always wanted to do because I, I don't think their lows have been all that great in the past. And it was one of those projects where I was like, somebody just needs, whether it's me or somebody else, just needs to come in and really like do a good job with this. So I was flattered that they asked. When he emailed me, I was like, ah, it's cool. I want to do this. So that's been, it's been a fun one for sure. Um,
0: so then one of a another really big client is the Naismith. I'm going to go to that on your site Naismith real stuff. quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell people what that is. Just, it's kind of like the Heisman, but for the, basketball. The right?
1: Naismith is basically, yes, the uh, player of the year award for basketball, but they also do, it's not just, the men's college player of the year. It's also women's college player of the year, high school player of the year. They have a bunch of, uh, it's run by um, a group called the Atlanta tip-off club, which was started uh, here in Atlanta. So they also have uh, a lot of Georgia high school awards that they give out. Um, so yeah, they, and so they have a, a banquet each, each year at, uh, at the final, not at the final four, but during the final four events in that city where they get, get out
0: to you. So this is another, cause I'm still sharing my screen. So this is this uh-huh. downtown legacy property. And this uh-huh. really, to me shows your range. Cause you've done sports stuff. Uh-huh. And then you have this other stuff that really looks totally different. Like this is one of my f- ventanas is, uh-huh. it is just beautiful. And I wish it was bigger, but it's not, <laughs> but like, you said you did all three of these at the same time, the De Beer Garden, Legacy, and then Ventanas. Yep. Uh-huh. And that, to me, is another one of your strengths as just being able to be, again, flexible, do different things. So this is one client, right? And then they had these three properties?
1: They have a bunch more properties. Um, like, if you scroll back up, um, so, uh, like, all of these are Legacy properties. Okay. Um, so the one on the left is called stats. Like I didn't do the logo for it, but I did the little brochure there. Mm-hmm. And then access pizza. So all these restaurants are literally within like one block radius. Like they're all right. They're right across the street from the hall of fame, actually. Huh. The hall of fame. So it's like this one, uh, sort of condensed area. It's, it's now called the, it used to be called the lucky Marietta district. I think it's called the centennial park district now, but it's right down by centennial park right across from, uh, aquarium
0: okay so did you was the hall of fame stuff before or after these people
1: uh after
0: so did these people give your name to the hall of fame or the hall of fame, no, is from the hall something
1: fame came from from a guy i used to work with
0: ah, at img right okay cool mm-hmm. all right so one of the things i wanted to talk about was um you being like this lone wolf guy right you're doing everything Um, It does kind of stunt growth, I think, as a a business because it's only what you are able to do, right? Right. And you and I have talked about what Joe does, which I think is great with his intern. But at Creative South last year, um, well, do you have aspirations to get bigger? Do you like it being in your house and you Uh, going to the coffee shop?
1: I do like that. Not too much bigger. I, I I think I wanted that originally, and like the more I've been into it, I'm like, it's hard enough, you know, providing for your own family than having to provide for somebody else's sort of and be responsible for their well being is is right. a lot of pressure. Yeah. You know? Um. So that's that's sort of one aspect of it. Um. If if I could get to a point where I had one other person working sort of full time, the 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 problem is. And we, we talked about this when we when you were recommending Lauren was that um you sort of teeter on this line where you're like, I don't I, I have enough to do like to keep myself busy, but then if I brought somebody else on, then I don't know if there'd be enough for them to stay busy all the time, but then you know, you don't want to hire them and have them have nothing to do. So it's kind of finding that balance too. So
0: Well it's kind of where you really do get to a point in a, where you talk to somebody else who's used somebody. So TJ has used um, the service recruiting creatives to hire somebody, and he hired um, Lauren. And so Lauren is working for him, not at his house. She right. lives in New Orleans. and, yeah. and That would be a
1: long commute. <laughs> that
0: would be a really she long should. commute. But you've never met in person. Um, mm. You took <clears> it from <throat> me that I thought she would be a good fit, and she has been. It's yep. been a good fit. It's been
1: great. hmm
0: um, but at some point, and one of the things you were talking to Suzanne at Creative South and Suzanne works for Dustin, who, if you remember, mm-hmm. thank you, Brian, for sharing that recruiting creatives link, um, talk about having, hiring a junior designer. And one of the things, so I try to meet with all the entrepreneurs that are at mm-hmm. that stage. And one of the thing I remember with you, you were like, well, I don't know if this is going to work. Cause I really like to control a lot of things. I want to be able to say, Hey, do this, but mm-hmm. I also want you to be able to have you know, be able to make decisions alone, you know, Mm -hmm. and so it is a different kind of person who can, who can fill that, be a good, um, direction taker, but Mm -hmm. also be able to give, um, give something else, offer something else. And And,
1: especially with uh, the amount of different types of things that I'm doing, like somebody that's as flexible doing that too, that can do all, types of different work too
0: right today maybe a logo tomorrow or maybe not a logo but maybe they're doing a brochure or some publication mm-hmm. and then tomorrow maybe they're doing web stuff or something so it is really about having those skills and right. continually using those and um learning from it so what from that process you and lauren have been working together uh, the summer uh, three months three months so, yeah. maybe
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah and so what's been um, a good or bad thing for, about that?
1: Uh, a good thing for me is was just taking some of the work off the plate, obviously. Um, what's, what's great about what she's been able to do is, is to get things to about 90%. And I can, and then I can take it and kind of give it, get it the rest of the – across the finish line.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which, which is sort of what I was – exactly what I was looking for you know, um, but just, she's really just hit the ground running. Like I was really impressed at how quickly she was able to sort of understand what I wanted of her (laughs) and do it. So she's been, she's been a a godsend. So thank you for that.
0: Well, that was really loud. Was that just in my ears?
1: Oh, I didn't hear anything.
0: Oh, good. Then maybe it was, it was just really loud in my ears. All right. So one of the things that was kind of like, in the beginning when you and I talking about it and sorry, I'm kind of pulling it about my thing, but it's I did okay. ask you if it was okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, You had said, well, I don't know. I can't, I can't promise. And I think it is that, Oh my goodness, I have to be responsible for somebody. I can't make, you know, they can't just be dependent on me that I'm going to give them 20 hours a week. And you had said zero to 10 a week, because then it gives you some flexibility. She's accepting other things. She was yeah. working uh, just freelance And that was, I think something that for some of the people who have used me, they're like, well, I really can't commit. And so really it's, it is about an entrepreneur like TJ who's doing it alone, but really to grow, you would need somebody else to help you. And a junior designer isn't necessarily going to be the most expensive, Mm -hmm. but it's a, it's a better use of your time. But then you also aren't necessarily having to commit because it was something that, And you and Lauren worked out something that, so it's more of a retainer basis. Yeah,
1: we went to that sort of right away where I was just because I, that's the way I like to work with other people. I was like, I'll just going to give you a certain amount of month and then here's sort of what I expect. And like I said before, we'll go, you know, six months and if it's sort of working out or you feel overworked then we'll adjustment or, you know, if we get to the end of the month and you haven't really done a ton of work, you just, just keep it. It's okay you know, because right. there may be another month where you're a little bit overworked. So it tip- it usually works out.
0: But you're it, also it. good at planning. I think you have a good idea <laughs> yeah, yeah, of I, what I, is I'm too much.
1: As, as, you, as you think I am, honestly. But,
0: but you have right. an idea of what is too much. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And I think it's a gut thing for you. So you don't think of it as planning. But some right. people really don't plan well, like me. Right. I'm like, oh, that's going to take me like I was working on yeah. a naming thing with a client. I thought oh it'll be two weeks we'll be done. It's been like a month and a half now. Yeah. And they're still not committed, you know? Yeah. So Yeah. Anyway. So so there's a quote I was going to share. I don't know if I even wrote the quote. But um I said you do a lot of different kinds of work and have that have the ph- philosophy that if you don't know how to you can learn it. Like Picasso's like that. So if you would if you could have Um, been able to design only logos and branding. Would you have done that? Or now looking back, or do you like having the multiple skill sets?
1: Uh, I like doing a lot of different types of projects, honestly, because I I think it would have gotten the same. When I was at my old job, I really got burnt out just doing college stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think it would have been the same sort of burnout just doing logo design. And some people do it for living. And that's great. And they're great. Like Joe's a perfect example. He just does branding. Um, for me, I'd like more of the variety of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Cause I think I'm, I, I'm much sharper with the, some of the logo stuff now that I don't do it as often.
0: Well, and don't, don't you also, it seems like this, at least from talking to you, don't you also feel like you're more part of the team on a lot of different places. Sure. And I mm-hmm. think you like that. Like you like being able to help. Sure.
1: And especially, especially that they're all sort of in Atlanta. I have one client that's in Cleveland, but the rest of them are, are local. You know, and you go to some sometimes events that they have and like, you see other people that are from other places, all in the same, and they, everybody knows everybody. So it's kind of, it's, it's sort of naturally growing with, that's why I mentioned the word of mouth kind of thing because like, Oh, there's PJ. I know him. He does work for this, this, and this. and like, Oh, he does work for me too. So it's kind of, I don't know, this sort of, collective thing that's that that's building i don't know
0: it's yeah hard, <laughs> that's you know. good all right so here's the question that i ask everybody um what would you tell your younger self to do differently if you could go back in time and how far back would you go would you study graphic communication at clemson or would you have gone to a different place
1: uh i, I would i never would have wanted to go anywhere else besides clemson
0: now that i've been there, been
1: done for a while. I, I was actually contemplating transferring at, at one point, but I'm I'm glad I didn't do that. As far as study, I I would have liked to have studied design a bit, just to sort of understand what it was that I was doing. Because I I mean it was all self taught for me, so I was just kind of going what I on what I thought good design was, and you know being inspired by other people and seeing their work and going, oh, I, I like that. Maybe I'll try and incorporate some of that aesthetic into this project or this project, but I, I never really had sort of that base of this is why hmm. it looks good, you know? So I would have liked to have had a little bit of that. I think as far as education goes.
0: Cause uh, I don't even remember if Clemson had like a, they, I mean an art department in they that. Really.
1: They have a, they have a very good packaging design hmm. program there, but that's, you know, design of boxes and stuff.
0: Right. Like industrial design
1: yeah um, right. I think they're, I think they're getting a little bit more into it. In fact, I was just up there um, last week uh, just to visit with uh, their football design team, the guys that do all the, the design for, for the football team. One of the guys was teaching a, a digital design class. He's like, "Why don't you come sit in with the class?" So I went and sat in his class for. <laughs> so they are doing a little bit more of that, and he was, that was in the graphic communications.: oh, cool. Uh, program. Which was never there when I was was there. So they're they're getting a little bit more into it. I think the so, demand for it is is there a little bit.
0: Absolutely. More. So what's next for you, TJ? Oh
1: boy, I'm just I'm having another kid in September, so that's going to be uh, interesting. Um, I have a two year old now, so he's he's, he's fun.
0: <laughs> is he potty trained?
1: Almost. He's almost potty trained. He's, oh, that's good. He still has the occasional accident, but he's, uh, he's almost there, but, uh, I'm, I'm relishing my every minute of sleep. I can get it right now. Cause I, <laughs> cause I know what's coming, you know, and I'm like, I'm really going to do this again. But, <laughs> all good. So that's, that's the biggest thing for me coming up now. Um, work wise, uh, I just started working with, uh, the Atlanta, uh, sports council, um, uh, with their host committee. So in Atlanta, this coming year is the national championship, football national championship. And then next year is the super bowl. And then the year after that is final four. So those three games back to back years.
0: And um, they're all connected with that, that
1: with the, with the sports council. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm working with their host committee doing the same thing I'm doing for everybody else. So uh, doing their website, that sort of stuff. So the Super Bowl stuff should get rolling pretty soon. Here we're almost we're almost done with that. So
0: that's great. So I want everybody to be able to follow you and to know yeah. how to get in touch with you, so they can go to Harley hyphen creative yep. and don't they can find Harley
1: Creative. I think that's a, I think the guy writes uh, like scripts for commercials or something. So don't go there.
0: So then there's two, it's your personal account on Instagram and Twitter. And then also your Harley creative account. So it's TJ underscore Harley is your personal account on uh, both Instagram and Twitter. And then on Instagram, it's Harley creative. um, No underscore Mm -hmm. anything. And on Twitter, it's Harley underscore creative. Yep. And then on dribble, it's just Harley creative, right?
1: Not too confusing at all.
0: (laughs) Um, no, not at all. I'm actually. trying
1: to get the Harley created from people and they don't want to give it up to me. So I, don't well,
0: know what else I, do. I guess you just have to have hyphens and underscores and yep. it's, it's okay. People can still find you. Yep. So I'm just super thankful. Thank you for being oh, thanks into- so much
1: for having me. This is fun.
0: It was. It was really good. It was kind of good to dig in. I know I'd asked you a lot of questions before. So but you really your work is really impressive. So I don't know if your mom's still thank, here. Thank she you. is. She's, oh, she's all here. caps. She, she was really excited. She's, she's all valid. caps, Anita. But um She's
1: very proud of her son, I'll put it that way.
0: Well, she should be. You've done you do really good work. And you, I babe. think very nice. I, I think that the range of work that you do all of it really well. It says a lot. So um keep going, keep impressing us. I think Kent asked once earlier and I was going to ask and then I forgot, but um, he asked, how do you, where do you go for inspiration?
1: Uh, Design wise. I mean, i usually check dribble three, four times a day. There's so many talented people on there. Just sort of blows me away. When I go on there, I feel like it it has a very easy way of making you feel like your work is garbage. (laughs) It's like, Oh, I'm not that good. Um, but I, I go on there a good bit,
0: but humility is good,
1: yeah. It's all, it's also like, oh, uh, let me try and steal that right here, like part of that, and like you know, <laughs> right, steal, but borrow heavily from that aesthetic, you know. Like, uh, I, I think you know Brian Steely, mm-hmm. he's one of my favorites. I, I just did a, a logo for a restaurant that sort of used that his sort of style. I'm like, this is sort of Brian Steely ish. So that's to be out soon. I'll, I'll put that up when that comes out, but
0: cool. Yeah. Very
1: heavy, Brian Steely influence on that one. So,
0: all right. Well, Brian Yon just um, set uh, shared Brian Steely's dribble, yeah. uh, link. So and he, and he
1: also does a lot of work for fish, which I love. So,
0: all right. So we'll, uh, Jason Frostholm had to ask, of course, and he had the question, um, uh, can you explain the love of fish p h i s h for anybody who's i guess I your know, mom and my mom It's a band, just so you know right
1: How much time do we have here? spend <laughs> the rest of the afternoon me waxing poetic about fish they're they're one of the most inspiring, creative four people I've ever witnessed. Their music is about like just joy and love and mm. freedom and it's just, they just finished this run at Madison Square Garden, 13 nights called the Baker's Dozen, uh, which I, I went to the first three, which were incredible. Um, and they were all inspired by donuts. So each each night was a different donut theme. So
0: Therefore, went, your Twitter handle is a donut right it's now, donut. right? Yeah. I, I need to
1: change that now that it's over. But uh, it, it's, I, mean, I, I can't say enough good things about them. It's, it's very hard to sum up in uh, in a couple of minutes here, but.
0: Well, it's, it's, and it's,
1: it's not for everybody. I understand that. But what are you going to do?
0: Good to know. Gives <laughs> us something to um, leave, leave us with because that's clearly an inspiration, right?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: All right. So and TJ, he's a satisfied customer for me with recruiting yes. creatives. So. She, she
1: got it right the very first time.
0: I didn't even give him an option. I said, "I know who I should connect you with." And I and I
1: didn't and I I didn't think I even said I need to think about it. I was like, "Done, let's do it."
0: So it and anyway, and it's worked out and Lauren actually has gotten a full-time job in mm-hmm. in New Orleans and she's still doing work for you and yep. it's still working out. So Yep. She anyway, Great. I I think that it, so anyway, if you're interested it's design or it's recharging you dot com slash recruiting hyphen creatives. And if, if you're somebody like TJ, you're a lone wolf and you wear a lot of hats and you just kind of want a uh, a junior designer to kind of come help you. Um, that's where, that's where my special sauce is, is getting people and people like Kent. And if you have, somebody the other professors and you have some of your top students that are wanting to do something like that i haven't really gotten mid-level i mean i have connected people mid-level or upper levels partners or something like mm-hmm. that but it haven't done a lot of most of what i've done is these kind of budding designers with these budding entrepreneurs who are mm-hmm. really at a growth you impact. have my,
1: you have my full endorsement you have a very <laughs> satisfied customer here
0: yay all right so um it that's funny, Jason. He said, TJ needs to have Lone Wolf on his next business, but he's not a Lone Wolf anymore. Remember, he has Lauren. So if you, okay, if you if you want to get in touch with me, you can always email me at diane at you.com uh, or diane at designrecharge.org. And if you want anything else from me, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at designrecharge. And I am going to take next week off. That was not in the plans, but I've kind of had craziness and i'm going to wmc fest so anybody going to wmc fest can't wait to see you i'm going to be talking about beavers the animal and um h- how yeah it i'm making an analogy to design and so we are all going to be beavers i think we are beavers you're definitely a beaver that's tj okay. i can i'll, I can be a t- beaver. I'll um i'll let you know what it i the next week i'm going to probably redo the the talk um, here. Cause it'll be a rapid recharge. And then the following week, we're going to have Joe uh, Carter Brown back on, and he's going to talk to us about fear and overcoming that fear. So Brian can't stop laughing. I'm glad what's the other type of fever. I'm going to let you, um, you know, our moms are here, Brian. I, I mean, mom, Jason. I'm, so
1: I'm sure they know what, the, what, what the other kind is too, but whatever.
0: Well, that's true. Probably. Anyway, that's not the kind I'm talking about. So, TJ, thank you so much. I'm so glad that we're friends. Thank you so much and for me, Diane. your work is amazing. And thank you for being such a good inspiration for so many people. And I love your story. So, I'm glad, as a, even a professor, that you're self taught, I think is terrific because you can. We're always continually yeah. learning.
1: Say hi to Lenny for me.
0: I will, for sure. All right. Well, I'm going to sign off here.